listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Uh, You saw it in the text. You saw it on the title. Uh, I've been talking about this to a couple of people recently. And um, I'm going to deal with that today on the broadcast about three things about your purpose. Hey, Kelly, that nobody tells you or that you don't normally heard uh, hear talked about a lot, but they're extremely important. That's why I'm going to deal with them. We've been having conversations um, about your individual purpose, your, you know, what you're doing for the Lord with your life. Hey, Mike, good morning. And so um, we're going to talk today about three aspects of your purpose that you have to keep in mind. And I, I'm like actually surprised how many people ignore it and act like it's not. <laughs> people act like it's it doesn't matter that these things don't exist. They exist and they matter and they're very important. Started last night and uh, I guess yesterday in the morning in Buffalo, New York, uh, at the Buffalo Dream Center. We'll be here through, um, I'm here through Wednesday night, and then uh, we leave to head over to Horseheads, New York, and we're going to be at his tabernacle, um, getting there Thursday, and of course, we're scheduled to be there through Sunday. Hey, Letty, what's up? And so it's going to be a great week here and then over in Horseheads. If you're anywhere close, come hang with us. Hey, Mandy, Buckingham Burgess in the house. Mary Sue, love you. Sandra, good to see you. Um, And so it's going to be an awesome week. And uh, I want to encourage you to come hang out with us if you can get here or get to Horseheads. Some people are already in Horseheads. So we'll see you when we get there. Absolutely. Hey, Katie. Amen. Yeah, it was great last night. And uh, we love you too. So take a minute to share it. We're going to jump into this in just a minute. I'll take questions along the way uh, for people that have them. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna deal with these three things, and that's why it seems like it's been coming up. And I always kind of keep my eye on that. Um, you know, if I, if there's something that keeps coming up in the spirit over and over and over, or if I keep having uh, you know the same conversations over and over and over, people asking about the same thing, kind of take that as a clue that it's something that uh, God wants people to hear about and uh, and understand. Um, I don't believe it's an accident or anything like that. I believe that there are things that you're led to talk about and led to do. So we're going to deal with that. So three uh, aspects or three things about your purpose that nobody talks about, nobody tells you about. Hey, Tyler, good to see you. Up in Saskatchewan. Get that coffee. My God. We made ourselves some really good coffee this morning. I tried that coffee last week. There's supposedly this <laughs> this coffee that comes from Indonesia that is pooped, the beans are pooped out by lemurs or something like that. <laughs> and I tried it. I tried it last week and it was good. It was strong coffee. Obviously, but it was good. <laughs> and uh, so just just an update on that one. Hey, Alroy, 
So share the broadcast. Uh, we're going to jump into this, and I'm going to show you these things from Scripture. Obviously, we'll take some we'll take some questions along the way. So, um, three uh, things about your purpose, three areas of purpose that nobody really talks about, nobody deals with, but they need to be dealt with. Um, and I'm going to start with these kind of categorically because here's what happens. People think that if God calls you to do something, if you're called to do something, then it literally just is, I'm trying to think of the best way to say it. There's no expiration date on it. You know, you can just do it whenever you feel like doing it. Get involved whenever you feel like, however you feel like. And it doesn't work like that. I've prayed for people uh, in church services, and it like blows my mind. But I'll have somebody come up and say, um, Brother Ted, would you pray for me? The Lord called me to preach 40 years ago, and I'm just praying that, you know, he'll begin to open the doors. It's like, bro, if he called you to preach 40 years ago and you're still not preaching, there's a problem. And God's not waiting around forever. You, you have to remember this. God has an agenda that he wants to be carried out on the earth. He has things that he wants to do in the earth. And he's going to find people that will accomplish what he wants to accomplish in the earth. And so if he gives uh, instructions to people and people just don't feel any need to be urgent about carrying them out, God will look. He'll find people that will do what he wants them to do. He'll find people that will obey him when he speaks. You know, that's the thing. It's like, you know, I think sometimes we, we look too lightly upon, uh, you know, God's instructions or commands as though, you know, after he gives them to us, we can just kind of carry them out whenever we feel like carrying them out. It doesn't work that way. You know, in the same way, you know, imagine, imagine this happened. Imagine you were sitting at a, a dinner table and you were getting ready to eat your meal. But before you ate your meal, you wanted to put butter on your, on your food or something, salt on your food, ketchup on your food, whatever it would be. And you were, to, you were looking at somebody across the table and you said, hey, could you do me a favor? Could you pass the butter? Could you pass the butter? And the person acknowledged you, but they never did pass it. You know, in their hearts, like, well, when I'm ready to pass it, you know, I'll pass it. But you sit there for 30 minutes and nobody's passing the butter. Do you think you're going to keep trying to ask that same person? Or are you going to look to someone else and say, hey, could you hand me that butter right there? You're going to look at somebody else. Because Why? You have something you need to get done. You're looking, you're looking, before you can start eating, you want to butter that food. And that's the, that's the key. Is that uh, if somebody's not interacting with you, you're going to find somebody that will interact with you. And God's not waiting around uh, in the same way for the precious fruit of the earth. He has an agenda. He has a plan that he wants to carry out. And if people don't want to interact with the Lord, uh, in what he wants to do, he'll find somebody that will. And so I want to deal with three aspects of your purpose that nobody really talks about. Hey, Lisa, uh, but they need to be talked about. And we'll go through them uh, relatively in depth. And if you have questions along the way, just ask them because I'll, I'll try to answer them while we're on the subject. And if you haven't taken a minute to share the broadcast, please do. But the first thing that I want to deal with in your purpose is that uh, your purpose is t 
time sensitive. So if you're taking notes, put it in the comments. Number one, my purpose is time sensitive. And that needs to be talked about. My purpose is time sensitive. You know, God wants to do things in a certain time frame. Timing is important when it comes to the Lord and to your life and to what you're doing for the Lord. So I want you to put that in. My purpose is time sensitive. Very important to know that because you should never fall into the trap of thinking that you can just hear something from the Lord and then just say, well, I'll just do it whenever I feel like doing it. I'll just do it whenever I get around to it. Because what ends up happening is you're not putting any priority on what the Lord has spoken to you to do, which means you're not treating it as though it's important. That's the thing. You're not treating it as though it's important. You're just saying, well, I'll get to it whenever I, whenever I can. And, every, and other things are way higher on your priority list than accomplishing what God has called you to do uh, as his uh, child. Hope Browning asks the question, um, can you miss your purpose forever? Well, one of the things that I believe, obviously, is that mistakes can be made, right? So think of it this way. There's Pastor Wes Falloon, love you. I heard uh, Bishop Oyedepo say this, not Bishop Oyedepo, but uh, Bishop Olakoya. He said, you know, some mistakes are easily recovered from. Some mistakes are very hard to recover from. And some mistakes people never recover from. And that's why you can't be flippant with your life. Because there are, and although God forgives, we're not talking about the forgiveness of God. Of course, God forgives uh, mistakes and sins and everything else. But in, in the other side of that is, is there are certain things in the natural realm that you know you can mess up by mistakes that though God forgave you, it causes a problem in the natural realm. So let me give you an example. Uh, you know, if you went off into a murderous rage and killed somebody and were arrested, yes, God will forgive you for that sin. But then in the natural realm, it's a mistake that's going to cost you something unless there's some sort of divine intervention. You're going to prison for the rest of your life. Or worst case scenario, you're going going to be uh, executed. And so, yes, God forgave you, but that's a mistake that will cost you in the natural realm. There are mistakes that people make that will cost them in the natural realm. And that's why we're trying to avoid those things by being led by the Spirit of God. See, he leads us in a place where we will profit, we will have success, you know. And so, you want to hear the voice of God and obey it as quickly as possible because there are mistakes that are hard to recover from. Some are easy. And then as Bishop Olakoya said, some are never recovered from. You know, there's that. that's in every area of life. Financial, exactly. AJ's bringing up a great point about King David. So there are things that, you know, you can't be flippant with life. You cannot be flippant with life. This is uh, your one shot at doing what God called you to do. And we will all stand before the Lord one day and give an account for what we did with what he gave us. That's our responsibility. So we have to remember, uh, we have to remember that. It's like 
You know, you look at David at the end of his life, he still wanted to build the temple of God. And God told him that he was not qualified to build the temple, but that his son would build the temple. So you have to remember something. Um, you want to, to the best of your ability, live your life and live in your purpose as mistake-free as possible. And I don't mean just uh, sin. I'm talking about not missing an instruction from the Lord when he gives you one. You know, not caring. Can I tell you? That's right. Moses uh, suffered uh, that kind of a loss and was never allowed to enter into the promised land because of mistake, because of a misstep. And so, yes, God forgave him, I'm sure, but he was never allowed. That was his punishment to enter into the promised land. So I want to make the point here at the very outset is that your purpose is uh, time sensitive and that you've got to understand that when God tells you to do something, you need to get on it. You know, you, you need to get on it. Uh, Q Hankins asks, what do you do when you're very young and you know you're called to ministry, but you don't know what you're called to do in ministry? In those cases, Q, you need to pursue the presence of God. Now, here's the thing. I knew I was called to be an evangelist and a preacher at five years old at one of my father's revivals up in the northern part of this nation. I knew it, but obviously I wasn't launching into full-time ministry at five years old. Morning, Lena. Jess Burton, what's up? I wasn't launching into ministry at five years old. Hey, Tammy. So what do you do? You know you have a call. You pursue the call. And so through my life, you know, I you do what you can where you're at. You know, and I, and I, you know, of course you pray, you read the word, you study, you, pre you prepare yourself, you know, to be a vessel of gold uh, for the Lord. Thank you, Janine. And you seek out content, but then, you know, you don't wait till you're 21, 30 years old. I had opportunities uh, to preach even in my youth group. And when you have an opportunity, you treat it like it's, the best opportunity you could have ever received. You know, you don't look at that and say, well, it's a youth group. I'm not going to give my best because, you know, it's just a youth. It's just my youth group. No, you preach it like it's the biggest uh, meeting you've ever had in your life. You prepare for it like it's the, why? God's wanting to see how you will steward the opportunities that he's given you. And the way that you don't waste your time in this time-sensitive aspect of your purpose is that every opportunity you have to do something that God's called you to do, you do it to the best of your ability. You do it in excellence. You do it with a grateful heart. You do it uh, and you prepare for it with everything you've got and make sure that you're in position to do the best job for the Lord that you could possibly do. And then you take steps. Like for example, if you're called to ministry, you've got to take steps. You take steps that pursue ministry. I'm, I'm so blown away uh, by people that say, well, I felt called to ministry. And then I ask them, well, did you ever go to Bible school or seminary or anything like that? No, no, I never did. You know, I went to, I went to college for business. Well, great. But how are you pursuing what, the, what it is you felt like the Lord called you to do? You know, it's like, well, yeah, I felt like he called, I felt like he called me to do something, but you didn't do anything to pursue that. And so how does the Lord know 
How would the Lord even know that you're pursuing what he called you to do if you've taken no steps to pursue that thing? And so that's why my father has always made a statement that uh, is appropriate now, which is uh, preparation time is never lost time. People get frustrated in their preparation time as though time's flying by them and they'll never have an opportunity to do anything and all that. There's plenty of work to be done. There's plenty of time to do the work as long as the Lord tarries. But the key is in your preparation time, don't feel like you're wasting your time. You're not. You're preparing yourself to be the best version of what God's called you to be that there is. And so don't say, well, I can't go to Bible school. I can't take three years in a Bible school. Jesus is coming. You need to take three years in a Bible school. You need to take three years in a Bible school. You need to take time to prepare yourself. There's too many people that are attempting to do the work of the Lord with no preparation. They're not, they're not even ready. I've never seen so many people that aren't ready to rightly divide the word of God, to minister in the spirit. It's like people think you just jump right in and uh, you don't need any training. You don't need any study. I'll just be led. And sometimes, sometimes Pentecostals are the worst about this because they think, well, I'll just be led. And, and they've got no preparation. That's not what Paul told Timothy. And they were both Pentecostals. <laughs> Paul told Timothy, study to show yourself approved. A workman that does not need to be ashamed, who's able to rightly divide the word of truth. So by Paul just saying that, it lets you know there are some workmen who should be ashamed. Which ones? The ones that can't rightly divide the word of truth. The ones that aren't prepared to do what they're called to do. They should be ashamed, according to Paul, because they're not prepared. They've not taken seriously their preparation time. And so don't ever look at that and be like, well, you know, time's too short. I don't need to be doing that. No, you do need to do it. You do need to do it. And so even though I understood that fact, you know, time is short. Jesus is coming. I went to Bible school, prepared myself. I'm still studying daily to increase myself. You take that stuff seriously. And so the question I would answer you is, what are you doing to pursue what you feel God's called you to be? And, you know, uh, I, I believe it's a Vicroy TV <clears throat> asked, would you say that passion and what your heart breaks for is a good indicator of where the Lord's leading you. Sometimes it is. Uh, some, but, but if you're always going by what you feel, it can be a problem. Because what if you're an extremely feeling person? You know what I mean? That is, you know, your heart's breaking for everybody and everything. Well, you're not called to do everything for everybody. You have to know what you're called to do. And there'll be times where you don't feel a thing in your flesh. You don't feel a thing in the natural realm, but you keep doing what you know you're called to do because it's your call. You know, you keep on doing it, even though you don't feel it naturally, you do it by principle, the principle of what you know you're called to do. And so I wouldn't tie everything in to just what you feel or what your heart breaks for. Yes, we should always have a compassion for the lost, but even if you're in a place where you don't feel anything anymore, that doesn't mean you're not called anymore. You keep on working by the principle of what you were called to do. Tyler said, I quit Bible school to minister and it was a big mistake. And you know, obviously he has had the time now to 
continue training himself, but you understand that there are things lost. Um, there are things lost when you miss out on your preparation. Nancy says, what do you do when you believe God wants you to do something, but you feel insecure because you've tried it before, but it didn't work out? You try again, and you never allow yourself to be uh, put out by past failures. You don't, you don't ever do that. You say, well, I can't do that again. I've tried that and failed. Do it again, and do it again, then do it again. You know what's interesting to me? The story they tell about when Smith Wigglesworth raised that man from the dead in, in the funeral that he pulled him out by his lapels, put him up against the wall and said, live in Jesus' name. And the man fell to the floor. <laughs> now you'd think after the first time of the dude fallen, they'd be like, oh, maybe God's not in this. <laughs> but he picked him up, put him against the wall again, said, I said, live in Jesus' name. He slumped to the floor again. And I think he did it seven times before the man finally sneezed and came back to life. How many people, first of all, how many people do you think would have pulled a dead man out of a casket? Secondly, how many people do you think would have kept doing it seven times until the man came back to life? You see what I mean? Do it again. So I, if you know you're called to do it, do it again and do it again and keep on doing it. If God's called you to do it, you keep on doing it and you don't care what people think about it you don't care what people say about you. You just have to follow the call that's on your life. Here's the thing. People miss, they miss out on a lot of times what the Lord's asked them to do because of what they think others will think or say of it. That's one reason. The pressure of what others may think and say about it. Let me be the first to tell you, who cares? Who cares? I'm telling you, who cares? They have to answer God for their life. You have to answer for yours. Who cares what other people think about your purpose or calling? Literally, who cares? We're driven by the thoughts of others. And it's such a waste of time. It's a waste of time. Who even cares? It's such a stupid way to live your life. Uh, and then fear of failure can be another thing as we just talked about. Don't worry about uh, failure. Don't worry about, don't be afraid of any of that. Just push forward and do what God's called you to do. But here's the deal. Uh, it's the timing. It's, it's making sure you're doing something actively to pursue what the Lord's called you to do. I would rather, you know, here's the deal. You've heard this phrase before. Show me a man's habits and I'll tell you his future, right? You've heard that. Show me a man's habits, I'll tell you his future. Why is that? Because the things you're consistently doing daily are going to create the future that you'll walk in without question, without question. Doesn't matter. You know, let's say, for example, you did something as simple as you saved a little bit of money every day. Well, let me say, let me be very honest. If you're not spending everything you've got and you're saving a little bit of money every day, what are you doing? You're building a future where you're going to have extra. You say, well, what good does $5 a day really do? Does a lot when you compound it over 30 years. <laughs> does a lot. It does a lot. What's five times 300? 1,500, right? 
fifteen hundred over thirty years. You go and if you invested that, you see what I mean? People say, well, "What's five dollars a day?" It's more than you think it is. And so you show me somebody's habits, I'll tell you their future. So it's funny because there's people that'll get all excited about doing a little spurt of something. But you know what's more important than that? It's even doing a little bit of something every day, making sure you're pursuing your purpose every day. What little thing can you do daily that is proving to the Lord, I'm pursuing my purpose, I'm pursuing my call? Because one of the things that I do want to, there's actually two aspects to this first point that I want to get into your spirit. The first is, the moment you get a clear call from God, get started in doing that thing. Do it immediately. Do something with it now. Like, don't wait 30 years, 20 years, don't wait 30 days. If you know that God gave you something to do, start it now. One of the things that, and I'm not saying this as a pat on the back, but it's just something we hear and I'll share it with you. We have people tell us all the time, Carolyn and I, like, man, we were just talking to you about you, you wanted to do this. We were just talking to you about it this last week, and now you've already done it. It's like, yeah, because I'm not going to wait three years to do something that the, I felt the Lord wanted me to get out or do. I'm going to do it now, and I'm going to like throw myself into it and do it quickly until literally uh, I've pounded it out, and it's it's out, and I'm, I've done it. You know, and then the other thing is uh, when you're being led by the Spirit, right? So let, let's say what you're called to do as your overall calling, but then inside your calling, there are different instructions you're going to get, okay? So let me break that down. You have an overall life calling, but then within that overall life calling, you're going to be led by the Spirit, and He's going to give you instructions about the things you'll do within your calling. And one of the things that I want you to understand is that when when you have a leading from the Holy Spirit, that leading will be time sensitive. And it blows my mind how, morning Ashley, it blows my mind how accurate that timing is. The move of God has a timing to it. You You don't wanna do things ahead of time too early. You don't want to do things too late. You want to be led by the Spirit and do it in His timing. And that that requires a sensitivity to the Holy Ghost that you develop through prayer, fasting, and being in His presence. And when the Lord gives you a leading by His Spirit, it's not just what He wants you to do, it's when He wants you to do it. It's not just what He wants you to do, it's when he wants you to do it. Let, let me give you an example from my own life. I, I think about the fact that, you know, I got that, you know, when my wife and I moved to Florida, I got that word at a certain point in time. But then I didn't, we didn't actually feel to make that actual move on the word we got until uh, a little bit over a year later. So yes, we knew what we were going to do, but then we did it within the timing of God. So let me show you how all those things tie together in timing, right? So I got the word from the Lord in October of 2015, but I didn't actually move on that until April of 2017. Now think about this, about a year and a half, but it was the timing of the Lord. The house that we came down, 
and rented. And I believe without question, it's the house that God wanted us to be in for a couple of reasons. But that house would not have even been available to us if we had immediately gone because the owner was still living in it at that time. He was, it was his primary residence. He didn't turn that into a rental property until afterward. So when we came down, we literally came down at the time he's showing the property to people to rent. If I'd come early, I'd have missed that. And God wanted us in that house because when we finished at that house, you remember the story. You remember my story. If you didn't hear it, I would leave that neighborhood every day inside the gated community. I would go to the other side of the street and walk around that neighborhood and pray in the Holy Ghost. Little did I know, I was walking around my future home about 40 times a day praying in the Holy Ghost. And when we get, got ready to move out of that rental home that would not have even been available had we immediately just done it instead of waiting for God's timing. My only prayer point and her only prayer point was, Lord, keep us right in this neighborhood. This is where we want to be. This is, you put us here. We love where you put us. And there wasn't even a for sale sign up in the yard of that home that we were going to get. Carolyn, and I believe it's by the leading of the spirit, found it online. She said, look at this. It's in the neighborhood across where you walk all the time. We went over and looked at it and not even a for sale sign in the yard, but there it was for sale. But watch this. It didn't even go on sale until the exact time that we moved to Florida. I want you to think about the power of this. Every single sale that the owner tried to do fell through. God was holding it open for us. And then when it was our timing in, in the Holy Spirit to move out of there, think about this. The man was willing to drop the price over $100,000 and then give me $15,000 at closing. You think about that in the timing of the Holy Spirit. So if I had gone early and done, just got all, you know, I'm doing it now. I don't care. I'd have missed. I would have missed what the Lord had for me by trying to do it in my timing and not in the Holy Spirit's timing. So when God gives you your purpose and instructions within your purpose, there are time-sensitive aspects to the instructions you receive, right? Let me give you an example from Scripture, okay? What if when God got a... Uh, what if God gave Abraham the instruction to sacrifice Isaac, right? And he said, now I'm going to take you to a place in the future, lead you to it. And when you get up there, I want you to sacrifice Isaac. What if Abraham would have just jumped on that? said, no, I got a word from God. I'm going to sacrifice him right now. And right there in his own camp, just pulled a knife out and killed his son. Well, he'd have missed out on what God was really trying to do. Abraham would have just killed Isaac right where he stood in his own camp. He'd have missed out. First of all, that was his son of promise. He would have not been the father of many nations. All the different things the Lord said to him. So there was a timing to Abraham's word, right? There was a timing. There was a timing. There was a timing. He didn't do it immediately. God said, don't do it yet. Go, and then I'll show you, and I'll tell you when to do it and where to do it, Right? So there was a timing to what God wanted to do. And let me encourage you on this first point. We need to follow 
the timing of the Holy Spirit. So uh, two things that, I, as I said, I want you to get into your heart. If you know your call, jump into doing something immediately, immediately that puts you into that place of obedience. And then number two, as you're getting instructions from the Holy Spirit, be sensitive and do them in the timing of the Lord. The second thing I want you to hear about your purpose that nobody talks about is that there, your purpose is not just time sensitive, it's location based. So put that in the comments. My purpose is location based. My purpose is location based. So important. So important. And I'll go back to this story of Abraham. Notice, even before somebody could be truly led by the Spirit in the same way that we are, because nobody in the Old Testament had the Holy Spirit living on the inside of them constantly. They were not new wineskins. They couldn't have new wine. But still, the Lord said to Abraham, go to a place that I will show you, right? God was trying to lead Abraham to Mount Moriah. And he said, go to a place that I will show you and then build an altar for me there and sacrifice your son. So notice, it wasn't just in the timing, it was the location that was important, Mount Moriah. He had to get up on top of that mountain, build the altar. Notice where the lamb was caught, or the ram was caught up in the thicket. There is a place in your life, in your purpose, where there's a ram caught up in the thicket for you. That's provision. I want you to think about this. There is a place in your life where there's a ram caught up in the thicket for you just like it was for Abraham. And he had a perfect sacrifice to give to God. I think of it this way. Wherever God leads you, he will continue to increase you. He doesn't lead you somewhere to diminish you. He leads you somewhere to increase you. Anytime I've ever, ever obeyed the voice of the Holy Spirit to go somewhere in my life, to accomplish his purpose, it's always increased me in every area. Think about that. Anywhere. I go back to Isaiah 48, 17. He said, I'm the Lord your God that teaches you to profit, P-R-O-F-I-T, and leads you in the way that you should go. You hear me? Anytime I've ever gone anywhere the Lord's led, lead, led me to go with my life, it has always, always caused me to increase in every area. Why? Because your purpose is location-based. I can't imagine if I'd have missed uh, the location that I was supposed to be in for my training, my Bible school, when I was making plans to go where my whole family had gone. You know, I was making plans to go to Zion, which is in Rhode Island. Now it's in Massachusetts. That was my plan to go there. And I knew in my spirit that I wasn't supposed to go there. I wanted to. My cousin Jonathan was there. We're very close. Wanted to spend time with him as well as be at Bible school. You know, all the things that we were doing. And I knew in my spirit I wasn't supposed to go there. I just knew it. 
I tore up the application and I went to Tulsa and I attended Rama. I got to sit under Brother Kenneth Hagin before he passed away. All of these things. Well, the reason is because there was a location for my purpose, without question. And I'm not saying, well, now that I look back, I think I probably should have been in Tulsa. No, no, no. I knew then. I knew as a 17-year-old teenager that that was my, my location was not supposed to be New England. It was supposed to be Tulsa. And if I'd have made other, now see, there were all kinds of things to confirm that once I got there, but you got to get there. See, the confirmation didn't come before I made the move of obedience, came after. You know, just randomly meeting T.L. Osborne, one of the greatest evangelists that ever lived in the mall, and, and have him lay hands on me, having Kenneth Hagin lay hands on me, having Brother Shambach lay hands on me, being able to sit under those men of God. I mean, like, all those confirmations, and I could go throughout and tell you everything that happened, but the key was there was a location for my purpose. There's a location for your purpose. There is a place God wants you to be. I want you to put that in the comments. There's a place God wants me to be. There is a place that God wants me to be. Write that in and know it. Know it. God's interested in where you're at. He's interested in where he wants you to be. Remember this. I'm going to give you something from the word here. Remember this from the Psalms. Uh, David made a very important statement when he said, the Lord is my shepherd. That's a very powerful statement that people don't catch. The Lord is my shepherd. A shepherd is one who's in control of the sheep. A shepherd is one who makes the plans for his sheep. And then what does the Bible say? He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. So let me ask you a question. Who do you think chooses the green pastures and chooses the still waters? You think the sheep choose them or do you think the shepherd chooses them? Put it in the comments what you think. When it comes to being led by the shepherd, who do you think is choosing the green pastures and the still waters? You think it's the sheep or do you think it's the shepherd? It's the shepherd. There's no sheep that's coming up to the shepherd like, actually, I don't prefer these, these green pastures. There was another place three miles back. No, the shepherd chooses the green pastures. The shepherd chooses the still waters. He restores your soul. So if that's the case, then you got to realize and understand that the location of the blessing is governed by the shepherd. And if you've chosen him to be your shepherd and he's chosen you, because in fact, that's what the Bible says. Jesus said, you've not chosen me, I've chosen you. So he not only chose you, but he created the location of your purpose. I've chosen you and he leads you. He leads you. It's a great thought. Caitlin said, if I've learned anything over 2020, I've learned not to follow a sheep. That's right. You follow your shepherd and you have a good shepherd there at Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Brian Tomes is a good shepherd that leads his people. So let me just say something. You don't follow sheep. You follow the shepherd. But the shepherd has the location that he wants to bring the sheep. And that's what being led by the spirit does. It allows you to arrive in the location 
that the Lord wants you to be. And that's where his blessing is. Again, let me say to you, there's a ram caught up in the thicket for every person who obeys the instructions and leading of the Lord. He leads you to a place where his provision's already made for you there. I think of the fact that God was, and I dealt with this, by the way, in our prosperity course that we just released for uh, Miracle Word University. And I released that course. And one of the things the Lord wanted me to teach, so we did teach it, it was in the notes, was the fact that, did you ever think about the fact that before God ever created Adam or Eve, he took the time to create a location to place them in, a location of blessing, provision, and abundance. Think about that for just a minute. Your purpose is location-based. Here's what blows your mind. God created the whole world. So literally, he could have put Adam and Eve in any part of the world, but look what he did. For them, he didn't just say, just find a place in the world. He created a garden that had more than enough in it. It was a place of abundance. And before he created them, he created the garden to place them in, showing you that God cares about the environment in which he places you. And so the garden was created before the people were created so that by the time the people were created, they had a place, a location for their purpose. That's the whole point that I'm trying to make. God has prepared a place for your purpose. You're not supposed to be everywhere. You're supposed to be where God called you to be. Thank you for whoever posted that on the YouTube, miraclewordu.com. There it is. That is the uh, that is the site. But understand something. God created a place for your purpose. He doesn't want you just anywhere. He wants you where he created you to be. That's where you'll flourish. Anytime I've made a move, I've gone to the next level of increase. I left West Virginia, moved to Bible school, and then hit a next level of increase. Got one of the best jobs I could have gotten in the city. I had more, I had money. I, I I don't have one of those Bible school stories where like I was struggling, had to eat like a cracker with, you know, spray cheese and there wasn't money to go to eat and I could barely pay my bills. I didn't have that story. I had more than enough money. I had one of the best paying jobs in the city, even with no previous work experience. God stuck me in there, led me straight to the job. They gave me the job as I walked in. I mean, literally. And I went to another level spiritually, went to another level financially, I went to another level mentally. All of those things increased. I left uh, and literally blows my mind because you know you have to follow the voice of the spirit. And uh, even though I knew I was called to be an evangelist, the Lord spoke to me to move to Virginia Beach, to go on staff as an associate pastor. Made no sense to my mind at all. At all. Why in the world would I do that when I'm called to be an evangelist? No, I, I mean, literally, even then, it made no sense to my mind. But I knew it was the Lord. I was fasting and praying. I was back in Tulsa, Oklahoma during Winter Bible Seminar, and the Lord spoke it to me. So I said, you know what? It doesn't make sense to my natural mind, but if the Lord says to do it, I'll do it. And I moved to Virginia Beach, went on staff at Dominion Christian Center, there with my uncle, Pastor Terry Shuttlesworth. I increased in every area again. 
I increased spiritually. I increased financially. I increased mentally. I increased in every area. Met my wife. Had my children. Blessed with a house. I mean, all these different things. All these different things. And then I was there and again, got another word from the Lord. Made no sense, but it was a location change. I had no reason to make a location move. You know, I, I was happy. F family in Virginia Beach, nice house. Everything's good, set. I mean, you know, traveling, you're in the center of the East Coast as an evangelist. You can go north from there. You can go south from there. And the Lord said, move to South Florida. Made no sense. But I did it because he said it. And everything increased again. Finances increased. Mine increased. Blessings increased. Blessings abounded. Now we have... Uh, not just the house that I told you God blessed us with, but the studio, the television studio. Uh, television's opened up around the world, all the different things. And every time the Lord's given me a location change, there's been an increase because your purpose is location-based. It's not just time-based or time-sensitive. It's location-based. It's location-based. No question about it. So number one, your purpose is time sensitive, but number two, your purpose is location based. And that's what I want you to see. You know, for anybody that would stay in a dead church, I pity them because why would you stay in a place? I've actually had people tell me, well, you know, brother, we're here. We, even though we hate it, you know, it's frustrating. We don't enjoy it. Everything's... But, you know, we really just feel like God's got us to stay in here because, you know, we feel like we're going to bring the revival that needs to be seen. Nope, it's not going to happen. God does not lead by insurrection. Man, thing is still hot. Let me just take a minute for our sponsor. Yeti mugs. This thing is ridiculous. I poured this like an hour ago. It's been an hour, Zach. This thing is piping hot. Still piping hot. Would you like to keep your coffee hot? You can do so today with a Yeti mug. No, this video is not sponsored, YouTube. Don't kick me off. But it's location-based. And I want you to hear that because I don't understand why people... You know, it's like when you know what the Holy Spirit does, his purpose to lead and guide you into all truth, and people don't want to depend on him. And, and, and let me just say, you think so, Alex? He said the mug stays hot for too long. I disagree. I can pour a coffee at 8 a.m. on a Sunday morning, drink half of it, go to church, sit through a whole church service, come out at like 1 o'clock, and it's still hot for me to drink the rest. There's my friend Kevin Dalton. I love you, bud. So, let me just say this. You know the leading of the Holy Spirit, it's his job. I'll be honest with you. One of the biggest things that I have noticed, you tell me if you've noticed the same thing before I give you number three. One of the biggest things that I've noticed about <clears throat> the reason that people miss out on following their purpose or accomplishing their purpose. They're truly scared of the criticism of other people. They're truly scared of the criticism of other people. And the, the more conversations I have, the more I realize it. They're either nervous about 
confrontation with other people, what other people will think or say about them when they make the decision, how, they, how they'll be viewed. And, you know, in all honesty, there is going to be some level of confrontation uh, anytime you decide to make a change. One of the things, I will say this, one of the things that will happen, especially when, you, when you're pursuing your purpose in God, see, because to do that, you're getting closer and more yielded to God than you were before. And what happens is that makes people uncomfortable. Anytime you take big faith steps, it makes people uncomfortable. And it's not because people are bad. It's just that it's, I'll give you the same principle that happens on your job, right? Let's say you're working a job and you start wanting to be able to do more, accomplish more, do a better job, be more excellent, maybe be in line for promotion, right? What do you do? Well, let's say you start coming in early. Let's start, you work extra hard. You take on extra projects. Maybe you start staying late. So instead of coming in at nine, you're in at eight. Maybe you leave at six. What do you start hearing from other people? Oh, somebody's brown nose on the boss. Oh, somebody, well, somebody's trying to take someone's job. You, know, you start getting all these snide comments. Or they'll be like, dude, you just need to, they'll come to you, you just need to chill out. You don't need to be doing so much. You know, there's you, there's there's always tomorrow. You know, you don't need to be, well, why are they doing that? Why are they saying that? Well, one of the reasons is human nature, hey, Brother Ted, human nature just wants to do the bare minimum to get by. That's what human nature wants. Just do enough not to get fired. I mean, that's pretty much where the average human nature is. Do just enough to get by. So what happens is when you decide that you want to do more than that and you want to start operating in excellence and that you want to start um, you want to start pushing for more, well, what does it do then? It starts to highlight the complacency of other people, which makes them uncomfortable. Right. This is why people get mad, because in all honesty, if you thought about it, why would somebody care if you work harder? Does not anything on them. So why would they care if you work harder? Well, the reason they care is because your hard work is making you pull away from the pack. And when you pull away from the pack, it highlights what they're not doing that they could be doing. You see what I'm saying? And the same exact thing happens in faith. The same exact thing happens in the kingdom. It's that when you start to do more, push for more, you know, I mean, I've even seen people uh, do it to other people when they fast. You know, I just wrote the book on fasting. Just go on a fast and see all the snide comments you get when you go on a 21-day fast. Oh, somebody, what are you trying? It, like, it never fails. You start fasting and praying, and then every Christian and their mother, what are you on, a fast? Yeah, it's like they, they want to mock, they want to 
minimize, well, I've never felt that you had to do all that to hear from God. Well, I've never felt that it was necessary to really set yourself aside for 21 days. You'll hear every snide comment in the world the moment you just do more than other people are doing. And you're not doing doing it to, to see, here's the thing that always bothers me. You're not doing it to highlight what other people aren't doing. You on, honestly are trying to seek the Lord. But it blows my mind because the moment you begin to do other things, people who aren't doing them or refuse to do them get uncomfortable. And then they start making comments and then they start approaching you and then they start trying to minimize what you're doing. And I feel like that's one of the main things that holds people back from stepping out to do what they're called to do. It's a fear of criticism of what other people will think, what other people will say, and that stuff doesn't matter. If you're anointed to do it, do it. Let God use you. Let God, he's already anointed you, let him use you. Let him accomplish his purpose in your life and don't worry about what other people say. Nehemiah's purpose was location-based. He wasn't gonna go rebuild the walls of any city he was going to rebuild the walls of his city, the people the people of God. Notice, his purpose was location-based and it was time-sensitive. And the king could feel it. He said, well, go do it. You're coming into my courtroom and you look dejected and sad. Go do what you're called to do. See? And there's a joy in your purpose. Let me give you the final one, then we'll pray late in a minute talking about three things about your purpose that people won't talk about. People don't talk about, right? How often do you hear people talk about, I mean, everybody wants to talk about the fact that you got a purpose. I'm in the middle of my purpose. But who talks about the fact that it's time sensitive? It's location based. The other thing is, and it's the final thing, the third thing, uh, it's people based. And many times it's a it's person based. Put that in the comments. It's person based. Person based. And that's an important thought. <laughs> I mean that's a very important thought. You think about the fact God will connect you to a person or people in your purpose. I'm going to give you scripture for that so that you understand what I mean. God will connect you to a person or to people in your purpose. And that's a very, very important aspect of your purpose. For example, God connected Elijah to Elisha without question, connected them. He connected them. He didn't connect Elijah in the same way to all of the sons of the prophets. He did not. Now, Elijah taught the sons of the prophets. He sat and they sat at his feet and received from him and everything. But he didn't connect Elijah to Elisha in the same way that he did the rest of the sons of the prophets. He had Elijah come out of the mountains, come down and see this young man plowing the fields, and handpick him to be his understudy, 
And Elisha's whole purpose was tied up, not just in the Lord, not just in the Holy Spirit, but Elisha's whole purpose was caught up in serving Elijah. You watch it. And if you notice this, at the end of his life, Elijah tested him to see if that connection to their purpose was still really intact. Because in those final transitions from, uh, you know, Gilgal, Bethel, Jericho, that final trip Elijah took before he crossed the Jordan River, every time he got ready to leave, what would he say? He'd say, now listen, I've got to go on further to another place. I want you to stay behind. And Elisha would say, as the Lord your God lives and as you live, I will not leave you. I will not leave you. Why? Why wouldn't he leave him? Because he understood my purpose is literally attached to you as a person. Think about it. My purpose is attached to you as a person. And then when they get across the Jordan River and he's passed all those tests, what does he say? Elijah says, well, what would you have me to do for you before I'm taken away from you? He said, I want a double portion, not of the Holy Spirit. I want a double portion of your spirit. Go read it for yourself. I want a double portion of your spirit, 2 Kings 2. And Elijah says, you've asked a hard thing. However, if you see me when I go, if you see me when I go, it means that if you've been attached to me long enough that you've taken on my prophetic vision, you can have what I have. Gehazi couldn't have it from Elisha. He never caught the prophetic vision, never. You go read about Gehazi. He ended up with leprosy and lost what God gave him because of his wickedness. But Elisha didn't need any assistance from the prophet to see what he saw. He'd already got it because his purpose was tied to a man. I'll show you in the New Testament. You think that's just Old Testament? Show you in the New Testament. There was a man by the name of Onesimus. In the book of Philemon. So one chapter letter that Paul wrote to Philemon regarding a man named Onesimus. And Paul writes to Philemon and says, I'm writing to you about Onesimus, my child. He said, I became his father when I was in prison. And then he says this, I believe it's verse 11, Philemon 111. He says, formerly, he was useless to you. Talking about Onesimus. So Paul makes it very plain. Onesimus was a useless individual. He was a useless individual. But he said, I became his father in prison. And he said, when I became his father in prison, now he is very useful, not just to me, but to you also. Think about that. Now he's useful. He's useful. So what just happened? 
Onesimus went from being useless to useful. What was the difference? What changed him? He was tied. His purpose was tied to a man, Paul. His purpose was tied to a man. Supernatural. So sometimes your purpose will attach you to somebody. People don't talk about this often. But see, here's where humility comes in. Because if you know you're supposed to serve and honor that person, then it doesn't matter how your flesh feels. It doesn't matter how your flesh feels. You serve and honor the person that God tied you to. You know, I, I look back, I, I look at how Brother uh, Shambach, who was a great tent revivalist, if you don't know who he was, you can Google him. R.W. Shambach served another tent evangelist, A.A. Allen. Served him. Served him. Respected him. Honored him. Even when other people were speaking badly of Brother Allen, Brother Shambach never did or would. And I watched, and then I watched the anointing. You see the anointing of that come upon Brother Shambach. Then I watched my father serve Brother Shambach for all those years. Watched him, honor him, serve him. All of that would never and has never spoke badly about Brother Shambach. And you see those things. And you realize as you watch it go and come down the line how people's purposes are tied to an individual. God does that. You say, all I need is the Holy Ghost. No, that's not how God set it up in his word. That's why I wrote the book further faster, by the way. You understand? That's why I wrote the book further faster, because people don't understand impartation. And they think it's just about, oh, it's just me and God. No, it's not just you and God. God puts people in your life. Even if you consider it to be your pastor, your pastor, your man of God, God attaches you. You shouldn't just flippantly attend a church. You better be led by the Spirit about where you go to church. And it better be a church that is led by the Spirit. And see, one of the things God's done, if you notice it, is God has attached you to your pastor to receive from him. He is part of your purpose. Look at it that way. Your pastor, where God's led you to be, is part of your purpose. That's why you should thank God for your pastor. You should pray for your pastor. You should honor your pastor. Literally, bless your pastor. Why? Because he's one of those that's an individual that God has placed in your life for your purpose. We know that from Ephesians 4, that God gave, gift, God gave gifts to the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And he's given them to us for the perfecting of the saints. That's part of your purpose. It's part of your purpose. And so I want to encourage you. Your purpose is time sensitive. Your purpose is location based. Your purpose is people based. It's so important. Don't miss this final thing that I'm getting ready to share with you. It is a combination of these things together that ends up putting you in the right place at the right time and seeing the increase and the fruitfulness and the blessing that you've been believing for. So now let me let me challenge you with these, right? Let me challenge you quickly with these three. Number one, if the Lord's given you a purpose, let me ask you questions now. 
What are you doing to pursue that purpose? That's the first question. If you know now that your purpose is time sensitive, question one, what are you doing to pursue that purpose? If the Lord's led you with instructions, are you being sensitive to the timing of taking action on those instructions? Patsy, the book that I wrote, it's called Further Faster. It's available on Kindle. It's available on Apple Books, Amazon, our website, miracleword.com. Further Faster, how God accelerates your purpose through the force of impartation. So what are you doing to pursue the purpose God's placed in your life? That's number one. How are you taking steps of action to ensure that it's coming to pass? And then when you look at that, as he's leading you to take actions or make decisions, are you being, are you in the timing of God to do those things? It also applies to marriage, of course. Are you in the timing of God for those things? Number two, once you understand that your purpose is location-based, do you know, can you tell, I'm in the wrong spot. I'm in the wrong place right now. The Lord has led me somewhere and I've been too timid to go. I've been uh, I've been disobedient. I haven't made the move. You know what I mean? You you know, whatever it might be, maybe the Lord's telling you to move. Maybe you're supposed to go somewhere. Maybe you're supposed to do something like that. Whatever it might be. But are you because here here's what's here's what's uh Cody Spencer, what if you married the wrong person asking for a friend? <laughs> laughing into my cup. Um, Cody married the right person and married, married up, even though she stalked him for years. Um, You think about this. What if the Lord has spoken to you to make a move, do something? You've never done it. But here's the myth that I want to break real quick on this. There is no ability to coast and to tread water in the kingdom of God or in the instructions and purpose of God. It doesn't work like that. You can't ignore instructions from the Lord and continue to maintain where you're at. It doesn't work. Because if you don't make the move the Lord tells you to make, remember this, and I want you to write it in the comments, I'm either going forward or I'm going backward. Hear this now. I'm only I'm either moving forward or I'm going backward. I'm either building or I'm crumbling. I'm building or I'm crumbling. Remember that. Because here's a mistake people make and I wanted to warn you of it. This is a mistake people make. They think that they can just ignore an instruction from the Lord and stay where they're at. And, and continue to maintain. It will not work. It might work for a little bit, but you can't even see. Your foundation is crumbling and everything around you begins to crumble. Well, why is that? Here's the question. Why is that the case? Well, the reason is because the moment God gives you an instruction to even ignore it is disobedience. Think of it that way even to ignore it, not that you did the opposite of it, not that you went out and said, no, just to ignore it. 
is disobedience. And disobedience at its root, especially, you know, disobedience to the Lord, you know what it is? Pride. Because that is us saying, Lord, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. That's what happens when the Lord tells us to do something and we don't do it. We're saying, I know better than you, Lord. So it's pride. And what does the Bible say? Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. So if the Lord gives you an instruction, to even ignore it is disobedience. That's why I tell you, there is no maintenance mode. Once God speaks, we're either on that instruction or we're disobeying that instruction. And I want you to hear it very clearly because Caitlin said this is probably the most important broadcast you've done. It's because people's purpose is important. That's why. That's why she feels that way. Because you are important. Your purpose is important. What God's anointed you to do is vital. The gospel itself is time sensitive because Jesus is coming. And so uh, I want you to hear this now from me. Once you recognize that God's given you an instruction, don't care what people think. Don't worry about the criticism. Don't worry about the people, but they're talking behind your back or sending little DMs to each other. Just move forward. Just move forward. And Mackenzie asked the question, what can I tell people on my team who get their emotions and the voice of God confused? Well, many times our emotions will lead us because our emotions, if they are not, um, you know, if our minds aren't renewed by the word of God and things like that, and we, we may revert back to carnality, we'll know because our emotions will want us to do things that are contrary to the instructions of God's word. And so our emotions will uh, want us to do things that will ultimately take us backward instead of forward. And so you always have to be, um, you always have to be mindful of this because your emotions will do that, but your spirit man will want you to take actions of faith that are pleasing to God. And maybe if you gave me a more specific example, Mackenzie, I could answer it better, but uh, I'm either building or I'm crumbling. I'm either moving forward or I'm moving back. And, and it's important to know uh, my, my spirit man will always lead me toward faithfulness. It'll always lead me to doing more for the Lord, not less for the Lord. You understand. And then finally, being people-based, uh, here's the question. Who has God placed in your life? One of the things I'm thankful for is that I get to have the opportunity to be in your life if you're watching this broadcast. I thank God for you. I thank God for the Victory Tribe. That means so much to me. To be able to text you, to be able to do broadcast with you, talk to you on a daily basis. Uh, to me, I don't take that lightly because I know you're anointed and I know that you have uh, the call of God to do great things in this generation upon your life. So for me, one of the things I thank God for is for you that I have the ability to speak to you on a daily basis. And then you ask yourself, well, what about your pastor? Uh, are you thanking God for your pastor? Are you thanking God that he put him in your life? Are you taking steps to bless your pastor? Because truly, if you 
um, if you appreciate him and if you know that God has attached you to him, then there should be things that you do to bless your pastor, uh, knowing that God has given him to you as a ministry gift. Uh, what my what, One of the things my wife and I do is because obviously my father is uh, my spiritual father, but then I also have a pastor. And one of the things that I do is that every month, Carolyn and I, regardless of anything, we've set it up and we'll increase it, but we've set it up to where uh, we bless financially uh, my father and mother uh, as ministers, not, not just as father and mother, but I'm doing it as spiritual father, as a man of God. And then also our pastor, Bishop Rick Thomas, every month we have something that we do so that without outside of tithe, outside of offering, outside of any of that, we just set it aside and know monthly we're going to bless the man of God himself. My father, we do that for. Bishop Rick, we do that for. So what's the question? The question is, if I know God has attached me to people, what am I doing to bless the people that God has uh, attached to me and put in my life? Um, so Mackenzie makes more of a general question here. Let's say my heart's desire is to live in the Caribbean since God gives us our desires, does that mean he'll move me there one day? I guess stuff like that. Here, you know what? That's a great question. I want to answer it this way. You know, Mackenzie, have you ever thought of that verse of scripture in another way? What if you thought about it this way, where the Bible says, God gives us the desires of our hearts? What if you looked at it not as you have a desire and then God gives it to you, what if you looked at it from the standpoint of God's the one who's giving you the actual desires? Did you ever think of it that way? Whereas it's God who puts the desires in your heart rather than I came up with a desire and then God gave it to me. Think of it the other way. Because um, the thing that blows my mind is that like, for example, Mackenzie, let me give you the example of Carolyn. When Carolyn left Florida, she said to herself, I will never go back to Florida again. I'm never living in Florida again. And she left Florida in like 2003. And then we got together and we got married and had children, all that. We're living in Virginia. But then I call her up in October of 2015 because I was driving to a meeting. And I was like, the Lord just spoke to me in prayer, Carolyn, that we're supposed to move to Florida. Now, she had already made up her mind. I'm not going back to Florida. I am not going back to live there, raise a family there. I'm not, I'm not going back. So she had no desire, none in her heart to go to Florida. But then watch this. And, and by the way, I was the same. I hated Florida. I still don't care for really any other part of Florida. I don't like Northern Florida. I don't like Central Florida. I don't like the other side of Florida. I don't like, I mean, I don't, I don't, it, no, no offense if you live there. I don't like those places to live. I don't like Tampa. I don't like Orlando. I don't like Jacksonville. I don't like Fort Myers. I don't like Sarasota. I don't like lower Alabama, Pensacola. I don't like any of those places. I don't like Miami. I don't like, I don't, I just don't like those places. I like where the Lord led me. <laughs> That's it. But the thing that was crazy, Mackenzie, is that 
when she began to pray and when she began to fast, guess what happened? Her desires in her heart changed to the total opposite of what her desires were. It's mind-blowing. And, and that's what you start to realize. He gives us the desires of our heart. So you start to realize the desires God's giving me. He's lining me up with my purpose by putting desires in my heart. Think about that. He's lining me up with my purpose by putting desires in my heart. And it's amazing. It's amazing. And so you watch how God works and he'll give you desires. He will, it's almost as though he knows what he's called you to do and then he gives you the love for it. Gives you the love for it. You're welcome. And I think that's a good way to look at it because he's the one. You know, I love the fact that the we look at it that way. Prayer doesn't change God, it changes us. Prayer changes us, not God. He's the same yesterday, today, forever, Jesus is. And he said, I'm the Lord your God, I do not change. God doesn't change, nor does his nature change. Prayer doesn't change him, changes us. And I think that's a great way to look at it, to understand that as I submit myself to the purpose of God, he changes me to conform to his will. I don't, I'm not trying to conform uh, to this world. I'm trying to conform to his will. I want to be more like Jesus. I want to conform to his desire, his will, his purpose. And see, that's what part of what prayer does for us is it allows us to step out. And then I'll say this. It gives us boldness to move beyond what people care to say or think and lets us just step out and do it to just step out and do it. And I love that because we need that kind of boldness or else we'll never do what God's called us to do, ever. There, If I could tell you, and maybe many of you know the same people, if I could tell you how many people are literally paralyzed by the thoughts of others, paralyzed by the words of others, they'll never do anything great for the Lord if they stay that way. You've got to move beyond what other people care about. <laughs> you have to. You have to. Because let me tell you something. Your decisions are not going to make everybody happy. Just make it up in your mind. You can't please all people. They won't be happy with you. So don't try. Don't try to do that. Try to please the Lord, not people. That's key. Please the Lord. Don't please people. People change their minds multiple times a day about the same thing. Don't try to please people. Please the Lord. And when you do that, you put him first, he puts you first. Seek him with all your heart. Heal, and then he blesses you. If you'll seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, all the other things are gonna be added to you. I wanna pray for people that are watching because I truly believe in you. If I didn't, I wouldn't come on here every day and, and you know minister to you and speak to you. I do it because I know I'm investing my time in the kind of people that are gonna do something for the Lord. And so I wanna pray for you at the end of this uh, live because I don't want you to miss your purpose. I don't want you to miss the timing. I don't want you to miss the location. I don't want you to miss the people. 
I want to see you accomplish what God's put in your spirit and into your heart. And so I want to pray for you. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I'm coming to you again today. And I pray for the Victory Tribe. Lord, I pray for every person. You've anointed them already. You've purposed them already. And now, Lord, we're asking you that you would give them boldness to go beyond what people think or say, to go beyond the criticism of the spirit of this world, even the culture of this world, that we'll move beyond that. I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, that you would give us a new sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. Let us clearly hear what he's saying to us. And I pray that we'll not miss one instruction. We'll not miss one timing. We'll not miss one location. And we'll not miss out on the people you've set aside to be in our lives. Let us flourish in what you've called us to do. Lord, you know that you've given us that word and we've stood on it, that 2021 is gonna be a year that we're gonna run in the Holy Ghost. And so, Father, we thank you that as we're gearing up for the final seven months of this year, that we're gonna run through them by the power of the Holy Ghost and we will not stop for anything. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you for it. We give you praise for it. We expect great results in this new year in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me say this. Um, an answer that Nehemiah gave when, you know, Sambalat and Tobiah came by the wall to try to coax him to come down off the wall and stop his purpose, stop what he's doing. You know what he said? I can't come down. I'm doing too great of a work. I don't have time to come down and talk. You got to be that way because there are people that will be sent time wasters. Man, maybe I need to deal with this tomorrow on the types of people that the enemy will send to get you off the wall. Because let me tell you something. This is one of the main areas where people crumble and stumble is in entertaining these wrong types of relationships that are sent by the enemy to literally stop them from building what the Lord has called them to build. And look at that answer. I can't come down. I can't come down. I'm built. The work is too great. What I'm building for the Lord is too great. Their plan was to take him out, but you can't, you can't kill a man with a purpose. And he stayed on his purpose stayed on his purpose. We'll go in depth tomorrow into these relationships that the enemy tries to send so that you will be stifled in your work, stifled in your purpose. They are purpose-destroying relationships that you've got to guard yourself against, and it'll help you. It will help you. I want to encourage you at the end of the broadcast to sow a seed today. And I'm glad to be back live with you. Last week, it was just far too much with the tent meeting and all that was going on. So we had some replays, but I'm glad to be back on live with you this week. And uh, we're reaching out. This this uh, this summer is going to be as busy as it's ever been. We've got, what, three more tent meetings, plus all of the traveling we're doing, plus television, plus being home. And you're reaching out with us to touch the world. So I want to encourage you to sow a seed at MiracleWord.com. Of course, obviously on YouTube, you can't do hashtag donate. But MiracleWord.com. And uh, you can give via Venmo or Cash App, PayPal. All the ways that you can give are listed at the uh, 
at the website, miracleword.com. That's the plan for now, Lenan. YouTube all week because I'm in this hotel and uh, I don't have any of the studio gear with me, just my phone. So probably going to jump on YouTube, which I like better at this point than Facebook. So no, you, you, uh, I don't, I don't use the YouTube thing. They, I feel like they take far too much of a percentage. So just using the website and uh, miracleword.com, PayPal, Venmo, Cash App, Zelle. Um, we're setting it up here in the future, even more ways to give. But um, I want to encourage you to partner with us. This has been an amazing year already. I can't wait to release to you some of the things that God's doing through the ministry. But it's been an amazing year. I mean, it's the best year we've ever had. We're running through 2021. The increase is here. It's not coming. And so um, I want to encourage you to stand with us in partnership. We're still believing for a thousand different people, churches, families, businesses, whatever, to stand with us at $85 a month or more. Many are doing it already, but we're believing for that increase because we're going to reach out and touch. Much love, Katie. I'm glad the Lord's touching you right where you are. We're going to do more than we've ever done and see God move in greater ways than we've ever seen these final moments of time. And um, I thank you for everybody that's standing with us. We really, really love you. We really, really appreciate you. And uh, I know people are sending uh, prayer requests uh, via the text message. Maybe you didn't get my text today, but you'd like to be on the text family. It's easy to get on if you want to be a part of the text family. You just got to go to miracleword.com forward slash text. And if you fill out that form, you're putting your information um, directly into my phone. And that way, we can stay uh, connected to each other via text message. I can text you and I can hear back from you. And uh, people are sending me prayer requests and I am praying for you. I am praying for you. Um, but don't forget also, that we have a brand new magazine that's going to be released for the summer coming up in a few weeks. And uh, you can sign up to receive those. I like that we did an end and around around the post office, put them in those envelopes and got them to you. But I'm all week here, but well, through Wednesday night, I'm in Buffalo at the Dream Center, the Buffalo Dream Center, every night at 7 p.m. And then we're headed to Horseheads, New York on Thursday. And we'll be there through Sunday is on the schedule. All the details are on the website. And I'd love to see you in person. I got to see some people yesterday, uh, part of the Victory Tribe, driving in. They'll be back tonight. Four and a half hour drive one way to be in the meeting. So appreciate it. So very much appreciate it. And uh, so it's amazing what God's doing, man. It's it's supernatural. I'm glad you're a part of it. I love you. Jennifer will be there again tonight. So glad, Jennifer. Thank you. Let's get a picture before uh, before you leave. Love you guys. Thanks for hanging with me today. Share the broadcast if you didn't get a chance to do so. And uh, I'll be back again with you tomorrow morning, 1030 all this week. And uh, it's going to be good. Oh, Lynn got hers twice, one in an envelope and one not in an envelope. Which one, uh, which one came first? Obviously the envelope. I'm surprised you got the one in California without the envelope. Of course it's possible, Nancy. You can join in Denmark. You can join all over the world. We got people all over the world on the text family. Lee Hooker got two as well. Envelope first. Got them twice. We got people getting the envelope. See, we're not going to mess with these people anymore. We're done with that. 
<laughs> I love you, man. Thanks for hanging with me today. And I'll see you again uh, tomorrow morning, 1030. Have a great one. And thanks for sowing seeds. Oh, by the way, if you are sowing, I wanted to tell you, uh, of course, we have the book that's that's this month. If you already have that book, you can go to miracleword.com forward slash offer. There's other things you can choose. But um, that, that elite study pack is almost finished. I was telling Zach about it last night. It looks so slick. It looks so slick. I'm excited about it. Uh, I want one for myself, even though I have these resources. It's so beautiful. It's so well put together. I love the look of it. Uh, five of the best Bible study resources you could ever have in a custom box. It looks beautiful. Like, I'm I'm so pumped up about this. I can't wait. I can't wait to get it into your hands. It's for people that are standing at a large amount, 5,000 or more. You know, people. there's people that are doing large amounts. There's people that are sewing 5000 and $10,000. We just had somebody else, so $15,000. And more people are doing it because they feel the urgency in their spirit. And so we want to have a way to bless you. And this thing, we're calling it the Elite Study Collection. I love it. It's gorgeous. So you can get yours as well if you're one of those that are sewing from your business, church, your personal, uh, 5000 or more. And we say thanks for standing with us. I love you. See you again tomorrow. Have a blessed day. I'll talk to you soon. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.